This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to this edition of Keep Watch Pass. I am really, really interested to hear the movies that we're about to talk about here because we have a very interesting topic. But before we get to that topic, I'd like to introduce my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I am doing really, really good. This category intrigues me because we are talking about films that are mostly in black and white. Well, I'm living in full Technicolor here. <laughs> There's always a, con- you know, not maybe not a misconception, but a preconceived notion that films done in black and white have a sort of prestige to them. Do you think that's actually true, or are we just equating the idea of black and white to a more avant-garde, you know, artistic direction to it? Well, I think that is what made it an incredibly fun challenge. And full disclosure here, one of my choices is still yet to be determined. Ooh. Got a coin flip happening here. Let's see if I can... Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> now, we did put a caveat on the films that we were going to pick for this category here. It had to be more than just a black and white flashback, right? It had to have aspects of the film that were in black and white. It didn't have to entirely be in black and white, but have a good section of it be in black and white. Not just a a quick little flashback and like, you know, really jittery camera with some strobing and blurring on the... No, 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 no. Got to have at least all or a good chunk of black and white as part of the film. So, you know, some of the films that, you know, we come up with, I'm sure you'll sit there and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Now, it could be entirely in black and white, and that's totally fine, too, which basically gives us, it feels like everything before 1950 is available to us, so yay on that one, unless it was colorized. But even a film like The Wizard of Oz had a good section of it that was in black and white. So there's, I don't think you picked The Wizard of Oz. I know I didn't pick The Wizard of Oz. And if you did pick The Wizard of Oz, I'm sorry I spoiled anything, but here we go. Um, (laughs) But we're now about to go through this category of movies mostly in black and white and pick three movies each. A keep, a watch, and a pass. The keep, of course, is one we hold in high regard. The watch is, yeah, okay, cool, it's on. It's all good. And the pass is just one you, it's like, skip. Just skip. I don't care what color it is. Just skip. So, Carrie, we're going to start with you. What is your mostly black and white keeper? My keep that is mostly done in black and white, or at least a 
intricate, notable scene that is relevant uh, is Kill Bill, Volume 1. Yes. The use of black and white was bar none brilliant because, A, (laughs) the amount of ketchup spray and spill in that particular scene, but it was just so iconic and beautifully done. Mm. Like, because it was black and white, it almost made it not campy, but it, it made it easier to watch, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, too, but, you know, the scene where we, we find the bride, you know, all beat up and whatnot mm-hmm. in the in the church is also in black and white as well. Exactly. So there's there is that. But yeah, no, I think any scene where there would be excessive blood spill mm-hmm. was done stylized in black and white. And I thought that was a brilliant choice. You know, what's funny when this movie came out and memory serves, this is also around the same time where WWE would, you know, if they knew that someone was going to do like the, the head razoring to get a, to get a good blood going if the, you know, the chair hit comes in, you know, cause certain wrestlers were gushers. Like Ric Flair was a gusher, right? So if they knew that it was, (laughs) if they knew that there was going to be a gusher, then of course they'd switch the whole thing to black and white because for some reason, if blood is in black and white, it's okay. Like that was, that was something they did back in the day. Now they're just like, well, it, right? But you're right. Like the minute the bride went to war with the crazy 88s, Dun, dun, dun. Right? It was so good. And it's literally like, it's that build up, that build up, and then like the first slash and boom, all of a sudden we're black and white. Like, yep, there we go. And now, now bring on the fun. Again, it was just beautifully shot. It was so iconic. And for emphasis, I love movies. For emphasis? That, that use black and white for emphasis. Yes. And I, if I remember correctly too, I don't think there was any music during that fight scene either like the band got off the stage it was really quiet and then like when the sword started going i think it was all just black and white no music blood and guts <laughs> which sounds like a good time to me okay mm. my keeper is also not just a black and white film but also an animated film as well my keeper is a movie called renaissance Starring Daniel Craig. Now, this came out in 2006 and actually won some awards for its art style. Really cool sci-fi French director, like French film company, black and white. Like, it's amazing looking. This was around the same time that we kind of stumbled upon Repo the Genetic Opera, too. Because... There was a time when these magical places called video rental stores existed and you would go and you would pick movies off the shelf that you didn't own and you'd bring them home for a couple of days and you'd watch them. And before each movie on the disc or on the VHS tape, depending on what year it was, you had previews of films you'd never heard of before. And you're like, this looks cool. Let's go rent that the next time we're at the magical movie place. And then you bring the movies back and then you find the movies that you saw the trailers for. And then you bring those back for the magical movie place and you watch more movies. Renaissance was one of those trailers that we saw on one of those films. And holy crap, anytime anyone asked me for 
recommendations for a decent animated film that's not like your typical animated film renaissance is the very first thing i point to it is so well done it almost has a sin city feel if sin city was made to look more like the comic book as opposed to just a black and white actor feel it's so cool but then we get to my watch film and it's a recent one too with a caveat my watch is marvel's werewolf by night now when it was first released it was released entirely in black and white this year 2023 they re-released it on disney plus in color because i guess they ran out of things to put out because of the writer strike and the actor strike but that's okay i prefer the black and white version better this was a very cool property. This is one of those Marvel special presentations. And I think it was perfect that they did it that way. Because I don't know how else you introduce characters like Elsa Bloodstone and the werewolf by night into the Marvel Universe, except for a one shot like this. Now, it's been out for over a year in black and white. So I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say... It's also really cool that they introduced Man-Thing into this. And by the way, there is actually a full Man-Thing movie pre-MCU that is out there in the world. It was only ever released in Australia. So if you're looking for some Marvel that you've probably never seen before, there's a Man-Thing film. There. I've just ruined an hour and a half for you. So Carrie, what is your watch film? Of course I have to go with... A movie from a director that we speak about often. I'm going to go with Clerks. Okay. Kevin Smith's original Clerks. And I think it was just so... I mean, the entire movie was black and white. Yeah. Which, you know, it's interesting because when we started talking about doing black and white movies, in my mind I'm like, oh yeah, the ones that they flip to black and white for emphasis. And then I'm like, no, Clerks 2, or sorry, Clerks was completely done in black and white. Yeah. And well, it was cheaper, cheaper film stock. Ah, was that the reason? I think so, yeah. I just thought it was to be completely different. Probably cheaper film stock. Because yeah, keep in mind too, like Kevin Smith, like, got a bunch of credit cards in order to be able to, to, to fund the production. Like, but there's something so earnest about it. Like, there's just something so genuine about the first Clerks film. And I completely agree. I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm surprised this isn't your keep. But knowing that Kill Bill Volume 1 is your keep, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you now have Tarantino and Kevin Smith in the same episode. And that is very on brand for you. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to throw to our other keep watch pass. Of Tarantino dun, dun, dun. films? No. The, uh, the... Oh, the second movie. The second. Yeah. So, like, basically in <laughs> two episodes in a row, you've got Clerks 2 and then Clerks 1. And I think we've talked about Clerks and 3, too. Kill Bill and Kill Bill 2. Yeah. We're eventually... See what I did there? And, of course, if you go to back to It's Not That Bad, we've also covered Jersey Girl 
and yoga hosers. So we're eventually going to co- somehow cover the entire Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino universes in their entirety in the history of this podcast in somehow, some form, some way. Did you not just do mole rats too? Uh, absolutely. There's a mole rats episode <laughs> out there. So, so yeah, we're, we're Dogma's cover- next. Yeah, but I don't think Dogma qualifies. We're going to have to find a way to talk about Dogma. One way oh, or we'll another. find a way. Oh, we'll find a It'll way. It'll be the giant poop monster, but... Right? <laughs> also, escape poo. Okay, let me explain. Because <laughs> you can't just say escape poo <laughs> on a podcast and not explain. So, le- dear listeners, I, I, I have a confession to make here. And I kind of confessed this a little bit in one of our previous episodes here. But let, let me confess, okay? Because we're, we're friends here, right? Jay's got a problem. We're We're friends. <laughs> And friends talk to each other and friends friends confess things. So this is my confession. I suffer from something called sundoku. And that's a Japanese word that, that that's two words kind of combined into one, you know, kind of like benefer. And what that means is the insatiable need to buy more books than you can humanly read. I suffer from sundoku. I have far too many books. We went out and bought a bunch of shelves because we needed to find a place to put the books. They are now sitting here in our podcast studio acting as, you know, discount soundproofing and, you know, something to do while I'm waiting for Carrie to come downstairs and record. There is a book on the shelf called Escape Pod. But the font is in such a way that when Carrie just kind of did a quick pass of it, of of the shelf and seeing the titles... She thought it said escape poo. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. Because it's poo. I have the brain of a it's 11 poo. year old. <laughs> I hit the escape poo button. <laughs> poo is funny. <laughs> hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business. And I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So, uh, but before we, you know, devolve into more poo talk here. Well, that's. <sighs> well, it's time to talk about your poo poo film. What is your past mostly black and white film? Well, this is going to once again break the internet. And this isn't actually a fair choice. Because let me, let me explain. I have never actually seen this next movie that I'm going to mention in my past in its entirety. In fact, aside from the fact that it is a seasonally once a year, <laughs> it's it's played on TV. Mm-hmm. And I figure I've gone 40 some years mm-hmm. without actually sitting down to watch in its entirety. So I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to name oh, the Christmas movie Miracle on 34th Street. Just because I've never actually seen it. I've never actually seen it. So why stop now? I'm going to pass on a movie that I've never actually watched. And it's only because I was struggling so much to find a black and white movie that I'm going to pass on. So I'm going to go with that. You know, it's funny because as you were teeing it up, I'm like, she's going to say it's a wonderful life. Because there are some movies, and yes, Miracle on 34th Street does qualify as classic Christmas films that are done in black and white. But, the, and I was all set to to chime in with you on on it's a wonderful life oh <laughs> well i mean but, it's nothing no disrespect to the movie and i'm sure it's wonderful i just remember that one scene the one scene that is like classic of the little little girl talking to santa mhm and i don't really know what's happening cuz i've never actually seen the movie but it does look magical and it looks beautiful and wonderful but really it's the only movie I could think that 
I'm going to choose as a pass only because I've been passing on it at least for 40 plus Christmases and I haven't actually sat down to watch the movie. So again, it's not that I choose not to. I just, I'm busy watching Scrooged. <laughs> can I, can, can I have a confession here? Because, you know, dear listeners, we're friends, right? Friends we, talk. You shared your book collection I mean, you, addiction. You, you <laughs> share, I, I shared my book addiction. You shared your escape poo story. <laughs> you know, so, so it feels like confession episode time here. I have seen neither Miracle on 34th Street or It's a Wonderful Life. Neither one. To me, when Christmas time rolls around, and maybe it's just me, the last thing I want to watch is a Christmas movie. Because every store you go into, and every radio station, seemingly, everywhere you go, it's Christmas. And sometimes I just want counter-programming. I just want something that's not Christmas. Now, don't get me wrong. Scrooged? Sign me up. The Ref? Sign me the F up. Right? Like, Violent Night? Hells yeah. Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas film. It's proven. It's science. Mm, but Bruce Willis would disagree. I don't care what John McClane says. Oh. Die Hard is our Christmas movie. <laughs> but But the thing is... Those, to me, are fun Christmas films. I don't want to sit there and be, and, and this is going to sound real freaking callous here, but bear with me here. I don't want to be pandered to about the Christmas spirit by classic films that are, at this point now, closing in on 70 years old. I don't want to. I have enough Christmas spirit. I don't need to watch It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street. I know that sounds very humbuggy of me, but I want to have some fun at Christmas. And those movies to me don't, they're not fun. When we watched 8-Bit Christmas, that was a fun Christmas film. It really was wonderful. And I I think that's what it is. I want to watch a fun Christmas film. I don't want to be, you know, told about the Christmas spirit through the eyes of... No! Hit someone over the head with a fire log. <laughs> You're going to shoot your eye out with that. Exactly. Okay. Christmas story. That was fun. But That's again, a fun movie. But it's not a pandering Christmas story. No. No. Like, give me a fun Christmas movie and I'll watch it and I'm cool with it. But I just don't want to be pandered to. Give me a freaking Charlie Brown Christmas. That's what I want to watch. I, I approve of that message. Right? But yeah, the, 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 the classic black and white Christmas films that noise yeah i went there cue the grinch yeah i'm getting my coal this year (laughs) i think you are i'm getting my coal i'm gonna heat the damn house that's not coal that's (laughs) a gift from the reindeer that's an escape poo right there (laughs) (laughs) okay i think i'm gonna shock you with my past film Oh, it wasn't your past film. No. I just just went on a random black and white movie tirade just for fun. Okay. Just just for poops and giggles. (laughs) For escape poops and giggles. But I think I'm going to surprise you with my black and white film for my past. Now, in my watch film, we talked about 
Werewolf by Night and how that it was originally released as a black and white film and then it was released in color. So I'm going to pick a movie that was released in color and then released much longer in color and four by three and then released in four by three and black and white. I'm going with Zack Snyder's Justice League Justice is Gray version. Now, we talked about on previous episode the idea of going to a drive-in movie and seeing two films back-to-back separated by a um, an intermission. And I think that would be cool to drive in theater. Zack Snyder's Justice League, to me, is boring Like, I get that it is the original vision that Zack Snyder wanted to put, to put across two movies and then he got HBO Max to give him like another 70 million dollars to put to restore the version of that of the film that he was originally wanted that Joss Whedon didn't put out I get the idea of restoring the Snyder verse I am and I have zero problems in admitting because you know confession time we're all friends here right that I'm a massive geek. And if you haven't figured that out over 100 episodes, if it's not that bad right now, you haven't been listening. I have yet to be able to sit through the entire Zack Snyder's Justice League movie because it's just too damn long. And I'm sorry if you sit there and go, this is what superhero movies should be. No. It shouldn't. If they had taken the HBO money and made, and put it out in the two parts like it should, like Zack Snyder has a movie coming out on Netflix at the end of the year called Rebel Moon, and he's putting it out in two parts, exactly what he was going to do with Justice League. And like this is the way Zack Snyder is apparently supposed to do like his version of what a Star Wars film should be, and that's cool. That's fine. But we didn't need a four-hour Justice League movie, and we certainly didn't need a four-hour in black and white Justice League movie in four by three, like in standard def format. Like, I don't know what the vision is for that. I don't. Like, 16 by 9 is fine. Four by three, it's almost like doing something different for the sake of doing something different. That's like putting an album out in this year, 2023, on cassette, because why not? Like, why? I don't know. But, I'm like, Carrie, you, you've been in the room with me when I've put this film on. Have you ever made it past the first half hour of Zack Snyder's Justice League? To be fair, I also suffer from movie narcolepsy. And if it, and especially... During the fight scene, mm-hmm. if it doesn't interest me storyline wise, I'm checking out. Yeah. Now, how I get through this show, I have <laughs> no idea. But, but here's the interesting thing, though, right? Like, for all its faults, Joss Whedon's Justice League was a palatable length. And I get that when people looked at you know, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. They're like, oh, it's so dark. 
right? And that also what's led to a lot of the changes to the first Suicide Squad film, uh, yet another movie that we've talked about over on It's Not That Bad. And this wasn't the original version that Zack Snyder had in mind. But what Zack Snyder had in mind and what he put out, it was long and plotting. And the editor in me says there's a bunch that could be trimmed out. Like, I'm all for artistic vision, but at some point, artistic vision goes on a little bit too long. Like, the Batman was long. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was long. Yet enjoyable. Enjoyable, but you tell me, you know, because you know TV, you tell me you couldn't find at least 15 minutes to cut out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Well. Because I know I could find about 15 to 20 minutes to cut out of both Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Batman, and it wouldn't affect the story at all, but there's parts you could take out. Zack Snyder's Justice League, Justice is Grey. And that's the thing, too. Like, you want to put out the four-hour version, whatever. All the power to you. The black and white version, now we're pandering. We are, because, yes, there was the trailer that came out that was in black and white, and people were like, oh, this is so auteur. No. Meh. It's born in color. It was born in black and white, too. Snickers bar. I was just gonna say, can can I can I get you anything? But the thing, There's someone I can I can call for you. But but here's the funny thing, right? Joss Whedon's Justice League qualifies for it's not that bad. Zack Snyder's Justice League does not, and yet Zack Snyder's Justice League I can't get through because it's four hours long. It fascinates me. And, and I, I, I get that there are, it's better storytelling for what Snyder was trying to do. I get it. And the jokes in Joss Whedon's version didn't really land too well because it was so out of the blue, especially considering what happened in Batman versus Superman. Oh, your mom's name is Martha too. <laughs> Save Martha. Yeah, well that, well, that was Batman versus Superman, right? Justice League... Yeah, there were parts in it you could get rid of. You could, again, you it didn't need to be that long. It really didn't. I think it was also like the longest honest trailer out there too. So, you know, put that out there for what it's worth. But listeners, I want to know what movies that are mostly black and white or all black and white would you have picked for your keep, watch, or pass films? Let us know on social media at NotThatBadCast or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the episodes of It's Not That Bad, There Can Only Be One, and Keep, Watch, Pass, and Grading on a Curve. Until next time, Carrie, you are lovely. Audiences, you are lovely. Zack Snyder's Justice League, maybe not so much. This is Keep Watch Pass. Until next time, everyone, take care.